Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Mole Mania for the Nintendo Game Boy. Mole Mania was developed by Nintendo, EAD, and PAX Sofnica, and released in Japan in July of 1996, in North America in February of 1997, and in PAL territories also in 1997. All right. Now, this game was produced by a lesser-known video game enthusiast, <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto. Hmm, never heard of him. Uh, we've talked about him quite extensively, and yes. this is probably one of his lesser-known games, you know, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't find a lot of information about why he wanted to make this game, but uh, I feel like it's one of those things where he had this idea, and when Miyamoto's got an idea, it's going to be released somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to tell him, though? Well, definitely not uh, Masayuki Kamiyama. That's who directed the game. Okay, okay. Because Miyamoto was just the producer, you know, the idea guy, the overseer, but it was right, uh, right. Kamiyama that really nuts and bolts helped get this game out the door. Cool, cool. And he also directed uh, DK94, Donkey Kong 94. Oh, nice. Okay. And then he also w- was the director for Wave Race. Okay. And he worked on Earthbound and Mother 1 and 2 as scenario assistants. So I think he worked on specific scenery and mm. smaller chunks of that game or those right. games as well. Okay. Okay. Now, in Japan, this game was uh, released as Moguranya, as the main character's name is Moguranya in oh, okay. that version okay but it's interesting because even though this game has the pedigree of being a miyamoto game it's largely forgotten in the world of nintendo yeah well we're, we're creeping up on pokemon territory right time wise mm-hmm. so i'm sure anything that was released right before that would have been swallowed up and and i guess in certain ways at this point too game boy is getting a little long in the tooth you know yeah, but for a company that really likes to pay homage to many of its earlier properties, this one really got lost in the shuffle. That is true. The uh, only other time it really pops up is that it is a spirit, or uh, the main character is a spirit in the Smash Brothers Ultimate Spirit Mode. Okay. Which is like, they go deep on the roster for all the weird spirits in that game. I'm sure. I mean, how many characters do they have? Like 340 now? or <laughs> Well, it's not a playable character. It's like a thing you... I think basically the way the spirit mode is, is that the spirit resembles a certain character in an outfit or the way its moveset is. If my son listens to this, he's going to get extremely mad that I don't remember any of this. But (laughs) but it's not more superficial. You don't actually get to play as him or. Right. You know, now this game was re-released once, and that was for the virtual console in 2012 for the 3DS. Okay. Worldwide. And that is really like the only other modern way of playing this game. Wow. Okay. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Mole Mania? Well, sir, it is a overhead maze action puzzle game. More puzzle than action, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and in this game, you cannot jump. There is no jumping at all. No, sir. You're a mole. You are, in this version... We're Muddy Mole, right? Muddy Mole. I was going to say Monty Mole, but that's 
I Mario. do the same thing. Yes, I kept wanting to call him Monty. And, you know, I didn't mention this before, but some people do think there is a parallel between Monty Mole and Muddy Mole mm-hmm. and the farmer in the game and Mario. But okay. you'll have to make those connections yourself. Yeah. But uh, Monty Mole is a mole. And as so, he cannot jump, but he can dig. And digging is your main movement. Uh, you can walk yeah. around or you can dig a hole into the ground and access the underground version of the screen you're on yeah every every screen it's uh this is the first but probably not the last time we'll compare this to the adventures of lolo but you know in a similar fashion you have your one screen with a puzzle that you got to solve and but here you not only have the overworld but you have an underground facet to the map as well and there are obstacles on both the above and below worlds, such as rocks or bushes or things like that that you cannot walk through or dig through. Mm-hmm. And when you're underground, moving around digging underground requires nothing, no extra steps or nothing special. You can no, move no. anywhere freely. Yeah. But when you dig down into the ground or back up, you do create a hole. Yes. And that hole is permanent until you reset the screen. Yeah. And. You know, your, your goal here is to progress screen to screen, which very quickly will be predicated on getting this big black ball, which I'm assuming is like metal, or at least in my mind. And mm-hmm. there's usually a stone gate that you must smash with it. So it's all about getting that ball to the gate, but you can't, dr- you can drag it, you can push or pull it, but you can't take it over holes. So yeah, once it falls into a hole, yeah. it will respawn at its starting point. So I don't know. You can't go too hog wild digging around because you'll you can block yourself. Yeah, a big over. part of the puzzle is deciding where and when to dig the holes. Yeah, in fact, that's the main. I would say you know sixty percent of the puzzles is hole placement. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the way you interact with this ball—that's the other main mechanic of the game. Muddy Mole can, like you said, push it or pull it. Mm-hmm. But you also have a few other moves you can do with this. Yeah, You can kind of charge up and then launch it. Yeah, you know, it goes off in a straight line. It will kill enemies it it runs into, so it's it's useful in that way. And then you can also do a, like an overhead, like a suplex with it. Yeah, which is... You flip it from one side to the other, and then once you've flipped it to the other side, it also continues on a straight path, just as if you charged up and pushed it. Yeah, and that's a tricky maneuver. It took me a while to incorporate, because I would forget about it and be like, I don't know how to do this check a video and it's like oh duh gotta flip it over that hole that you're mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. now there are a few interesting notes about moving the ball and one of them is that it can roll over spikes oh yes yes and sometimes part of the puzzle is making it go into the hole to be reset as well yeah yeah it's i mean they all the tricks will be used by the end of this game now in addition to the balls on each screen a lot of times you will find cabbages as well yeah cabbages and the cabbages can also be used just like the ball you can move them all the same ways Mm -hmm. they're very useful for destroying enemies sure yeah but once they have gone into one of your holes they disappear yeah you kind of collect it that way and uh what is it for every five you collect you get an additional heart come refill down to your life meter yeah because in this game you do have health yes you do you have three hearts yeah, yeah. Uh, each time you get hit, you do lose a piece of, in- of of hearts. Depending on the enemy, it can do more or less damage. Yeah. But once all the hearts are gone, then you are dead and you have lost a life. You are an ex-mole. And there's there's no lives in this game. It's just the one, right? Yeah. And then once you've died, you have to continue start over the area. 
Yeah, yeah. It always starts you. It's pretty generous in that way. You're right at the room where you died. Yeah. So getting the hearts back this way through the cabbages is a nice little bonus, especially as you're going through the bigger levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I mainly use them as weapons against the enemies throughout the level. Yeah, same here. Now, every room you're in, you can also reset if you need to. Oh, yeah, that's true. From it's- your menu. Yeah, if you get stuck, that way you don't have to go through the trouble of, of killing yourself. Or you can leave the room and come back into it. Yeah. And that will also reset the puzzle, but also resets the enemies both ways. Indeed. And then while you're in that pause menu, you'll notice there is a item box that shows you what items you've collected for the stage. Yeah. And there are a few items that are in every single stage, not each room. You'll find them usually hidden underground in a room. Yeah, you know, and this gives it kind of a, a Zelda vibe because you get where well, you get the map. You can find that. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a map of the entire uh, stage and where the boss is. Yeah, which is important. And one of the cooler parts of this game, I think, especially compared to Adventures of Lolo, because, you know, you're not just going room to room. You're going screen to screen on a on a map. So it's it's got different paths and exits and such. And uh, that, you know, the map will help you. Yeah. You also find hearts sometimes that give you one full heart back. Yep, yep. There's the locator. Which oh, the lo- is, that's what shows you where the boss is, right? Yeah, it'll show you where the boss. There's in every every level has a hidden bonus stage. It'll show you where that is, as well huh. as there's a spot where you can meet with your is it your the, uncle mole your guru? <laughs> yeah, this old the old mole, and he yeah, will heal you. He will. Grandpa mole, I guess. Almost always when I don't need healed, that's when I I find him. Yeah, yeah. But you can always walk back to him if you need it. That is nice. And if you don't feel like walking, you can use your recovery, which is like a healing potion. It fills up your life meter and you can only use it once. Find one per level. I don't think I used it much, but I didn't either. But I did use the final item you can find. Oh, the give up. What a, It's poorly named, but amazing item. Yeah, which just solves whatever room you're in. <laughs> you only get one per level. Can't can't skip too many, but if you're stuck at one and you're just sick of it, it can really help. Especially when you get towards the, you know, you're close to that boss. You just want it to end. Especially if it's a puzzle you can realize has a lot of parts to it. Sure, some of them are. <laughs> That's when I'm like, boom, give up, move right on. Yeah. And as you mentioned, there is a bonus level in every uh, stage as well. Yeah. And it's usually a little harder to find. Yes, they're frequently hidden in some, especially early on. I would I would usually miss them when I got there because it's it's usually an underground section with an exit, which is a little rare. Usually, it's like you go into a screen and you can dig down and then you get back out and leave. But some of them will have a little tunnel going off the side of the screen, and you can go through there to get. It's usually a path, but the bonus stages are an interesting kind of bonus game where it's it's you versus Jinbei. We haven't mentioned it, but Jinbei is the evil farmer that has kidnapped all of your children and is trying to eradicate you. <laughs> and your wife, right? Like He's Which a horrible man. Isn't that evil? Because he's really just trying to keep his farm mole-free. I get I, Yeah, yeah. I mean, depends on, on whose side you're looking at it from. But here, <laughs> here in the bonus stage, it's basically you and him on one screen. And there are, what is it, eight cabbages? I think about there. Yeah, I only did one of these, and after I did the first one, I was like, "Oh, I'm not doing another one." <laughs> They're pretty; they can be tough or easy, depending on you know if you once you kind of learn some strategies. But it's all about you got to dig a hole and and throw these cabbages in within what do you got sixty seconds on a time? Yeah, and you got to beat Jinbei. He's also trying to collect the cabbages. But he's trying to he can hit you with his hoe. Mm-hmm. 
He can dig or fill in your holes. And if he hits you, though, it takes five seconds off your timer. So oh, okay. early on, I was having trouble. But once I realized that, I was like, just keep away from him, you know, because he will chase you down. Um, in some later ones, you will find these little shoe or boot icons. Oh. And if they're above ground, they're for Jinbei. They'll speed them up for a little while. But if they're underground, they're for you and they'll speed you up. I would have liked to have those in the normal levels. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the the bonus stages are, and they kind of factor in in that, similar to, say, Yoshi's Island, at the end of each level, you or each world, you'll have like a score, you know, you get, did you get all this cabbages? Did you get, did you beat the bonus stage? You know, blah, blah, blah. You get, you can get out of 100 points on each one. So, you know, that's there for completionists. Yeah, I think it adds up the cabbages, the bonus, the boss, and getting all of the items. Yes, that is that is correct, sir. It may surprise you to know that I got zero 100%. I, man, I did the first four or five levels. I, I was cruising, but towards the end, I don't know. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> I got a few. but And then also on the pause screen, you can... This is a place where you can save your game. Handy. Yeah, which is awesome. And it automatically saves at the end of every screen. So, you know, I don't know. You can put down and pick it back up anytime you want. It is definitely very useful for a puzzle game. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of other mechanics you're going to encounter as you go through the game, but I think we'll save those for our stage by stage. Sure. And th there is a two-player versus mode to this game. Really? Yeah. I'm With the link I cable? I didn't. I believe so. I didn't really play it obviously but from what i can gather i think it's it's like those bonus stages one player is jimbei okay and the other is i keep wanting to say monty the other one is muddy mole and you can fight each other it seems all right you know i'm sure it would pass the time on a long car ride with your younger sibling <laughs> at least you'd have a good 20 minutes sure sure Well, Nick, this is a Nintendo first party game. It is. I'm guessing it has to have a decent manual to explain the mechanics of this. You would guess right. It's a pretty cool manual. It is 22 pages. The standard, as we've learned over the years. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's black and white with some like blue shading in parts, nice. especially the art, which there is lots of character arts and screenshots. Oh, double. And, uh, you know, we got the story, uh, which we kind of mentioned before, but it's pretty simple. Jinbei kidnapped your family. You got to rescue them. And it goes through the items we talked about, your controllers, bonus stages. And there's lots of little hints inside, too, as well. Okay, cool. It does introduce us to some of these objects you'll encounter. You know, like you mentioned the spikes. There's elbow pipes, weights, barrels, different things that act differently. So, you know, it lets you know what's up there. Mm -hmm. It does have an enemy section with... I'm guessing all the enemies in it, they all have weird names, but, uh, you know, they're here for what that's worth. And a couple of the bosses. Cool. This game has some interesting bosses. I'll have to check out that artwork. I, I recommend it because the artwork in this game, even inside the game, is super cute. Uh, uh, all, all the moles, especially your children, are super adorable. And, you know, I'm sure that people would remember it as a, one of the cutest games ever if Pokemon didn't come out like a year later. And Yeah, if anyone played it. <laughs> it's like, well, that too, yeah. But yeah, all in all, it's a solid manual, and it will let you know what is up. So, Nick, what was your personal history with Mole Mania? 
well, I never played it before. This, I, I'd never even heard of it before <laughs> until a few months ago um, when we were talking, right? Didn't uh, your son yeah, recommend it? He's the one that recommended it. I don't know where he heard about it, but at some point he started playing it on something I have that emulates these games. Sure. Oh, I think actually, yes. Okay. I had heard it was good and I had stuck it on a hacked PlayStation portable we have when he okay. went to New Mexico a few years ago. Oh, all right. And he goofed around with it, you know, while he was bored, hanging around his uh, Mimi's house. Cool, cool. He enjoyed it enough to tell us to play it, and we did. So then what was your more recent experience with Mole Mania? Well, I beat this game. And how many times did you sit down to play it? Because I, I thought I was going to sit down like four or five times and then just beat it. That is not the case. No. Um, <laughs> well, this game has a lot of, it has eight levels. And the first four I was able to beat pretty solidly in 15, yeah. 20 minutes, but they keep getting bigger and bigger and harder and harder. So by the end, I really had to, I, I just had a playthrough queued up on YouTube. And I was like, if I get stuck, I'll just pause it. Let's go see how he did it. Yeah, I was like, I was just going to burn through this game. We'll be solid. And then, no, that is not the case. And it, it didn't help that I was playing this game a lot towards the end of the evening. Sure, yeah. And this is not a game to play while you are tired or not focusing yeah. because the puzzles do get fairly complicated, especially in the latter half of the game or the sure. middle third of the game, which we'll get into. Yeah. It uh doesn't hold up that well. I think under a marathon style of game too, because it's, I don't know, after a half hour, or 40 minutes of playing like these puzzle, get, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like my mind is tapping out. Like I'm I've had enough. Agreed. Uh, if you know, I could go back and play this game fresh without having to do it for the show. I would definitely just, you know, play two or three levels at a time. Yeah, and it's it's saves the game automatically after every screen, so you can stop whenever, you know, I, I can see that they had, or I think that they probably had it more in mind for that, where play some on the train to work or something, or, you know, not, not meant for hours-long marathon sessions. For sure. But I also did beat this game. Uh, I did use a little help when I would get extra stuck. I would also go check. Yeah. Maybe a few more times than I'd like to admit. But <laughs> there's always another playthrough. Yeah. All right, folks, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to say, as I did before, that this is definitely not a game to play as you're falling asleep in mm. bed. <laughs> Uh, it is a real puzzle game and not just a kid's puzzle game. It does get pretty complex. Yeah, definitely. And it does a good job of you've got the dig mechanic, which is kind of its thing. But mm -hmm. it expands on the, you know, throwing the cabbages or the black ball stuff as you go through the game with new obstacles and various other things to encounter. So it always kind of freshens it up as you go. Yeah. But, you know, even though this game does get fairly hard, it never stops being amazingly adorable and part of that is just the beautiful animations. Yeah, the, all the sprites look great. I really liked all the, you know, the enemies, even the ones that look weird. I like them in that weird way. You know, it's not, they sure. aren't cute, so to speak. I was just constantly floored by the really fun animations that everyone had, the way you pop in and out of the ground. And they even, I've used the word waste, but they even waste really beautiful animations on those little tiny cutscenes in between levels. 
some of my favorite parts of the game. Absolutely. For sure. They are a wonderful reward for beating a level. Yeah, and it, and it it's different for each level where it's like you keep finding another kid, so you have and, more, and they all do some cute, goofy, funny thing. Yeah, it's their reaction to being saved. Sure, yeah. So it is nice. I, uh, as far as the tunes go, uh, you know, great tunes. Yeah, I liked them a lot. You know, yeah. if you're playing this for hours, that could get a little annoying, but if you're just playing in small chunks, they're, you know, perfectly good. At some points, I could see it. You know, sometimes with Game Boy's music, you have to... I feel like I have to play it slightly lower volumes because certain tones can be really shrill, but it didn't really bother me here. I will say, though, the final few levels are so long that those songs do did tend to get repetitive. Yeah, yeah. And I thought this game does a really interesting job of adding boss fights to a puzzle game. Yeah, loved it. Because the boss fights are all unique and, I mean, honestly, a little challenging, usually not in the gameplay, but in figuring out what you have to do to defeat the boss. Yeah, there's enough of a there's still some like puzzle to it where you're like what yeah. do I got to do? You know, like there's a the one boss is a big weird looking sun and you have to hide underground when it flares out or different things that all do make sense and are interesting ways to use your control set scheme. Yeah. Now they do give you a little hint usually in the lead up if you can find it. Mm-hmm. There's usually like an underground plaque or something or a sign that will tell you a hint about defeating the boss. Yeah. But it's never overt, which I like as well. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of ways to compare this to, say, the Lolo series, because it is a puzzle game where you are controlling a character on the screen. Yeah. But I feel like this does a better job of creating a world and more of a homogenous game feeling than just where Lolo just felt like a series of puzzles. Yes, absolutely. The maps and, you know, each level is is themed. It's got its own backgrounds and stuff. So they they and they all look cool. And, you know, Japan has a long history of puzzle games. And I think this is like in many ways, you see their fascination with the Sokoban style mm-hmm. games in this, mm-hmm. the puzzle, the, the box pushing game. Yeah, that came out on every system. Early system had multiples of that kind of game, especially Game Boy. Like. Yeah. And I personally don't like those games very much at all. Yeah, I'm not a I don't hate them. I would never want to play a game of them, but if a box puzzle pops up in a Final Fantasy in a room or something, okay, I'll I'll do that, but And this game got close to the edge of me being annoyed by it. But it never <laughs> went so deep that I was like, "Okay, I'm sick of this." It always found a way to just skirt that edge and then be like, "Okay, here's a different mechanic or now we're not going to do that thing anymore." Yeah, and I think it, you know, it's got a little more action to it than say Lolo. Oh, yeah, there's definitely, you know, the first thing I do when I see the, the level is like, OK, how do I kill all the enemies on the screen? Yeah. Th- then I'm going to try to solve the puzzle. Yes. So and for me, it was like a two stage kind of system. Yeah. And, and certain puzzle solutions and stuff, especially later in the game, depend more on timing sometimes as opposed to just figuring it out. It's like, all right, I got to figure it out, but I got to or I got to time this just right to get this ball through this area before these enemies, blah, blah, blah. And in fact, I, I enjoyed that more because it made me mean I had to think less. <laughs> yeah, I well, if you think of like, let's say like a slider with Lolo on one side and Zelda on the other, you know, this is kind mm-hmm. of in between. I wish it was a little closer to Zelda than Lolo personally, but right. Because that was really intriguing. I really like the digging. I like going underground to reveal a new, you know, new screen to mess around with and such. So I don't know. It was fun. I, I feel like this would be. If they made a Mole Mania 2 that was a little more adventure, a little less puzzle, I think it would be awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a game that's ripe for reinvention. 
This is it, folks, the part of our show where we take this game level by level. And as we mentioned before, this game has eight levels or stages. Do they have names? Uh, no, I think they're just levels, but they have okay. like types kind of. Yeah. And you see them on like a linear map. You can walk down and then up into each one, which means you can go back and revisit ones you've already beaten. Yeah. If you want to fix them or, you know, if you get stuck on a room in level two, you could leave and go to three. You can kind of do them in different orders if you if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's true, right? Uh, I'm not sure, because I walked forward, but I never had the chutzpah to go into another level. I was like, eh, I'll wait and go in order, because I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can always go back and 100% an area that maybe you did not before. Right, yeah. So your first level, stage one, is kind of a forest zone. Yes, you'll see... Some pretty good looking, you know, like trees. You frequently have tree stumps and mm-hmm. the stumps flower are what, patches. <laughs> stumps are what block you on the upper level. And then you also see like stone areas. And those are areas you cannot dig through. Yes. And if you're underground, you can't come up through them. Oh, and something we forgot to mention uh, is that if you're underground, you can what is it, you press and hold B. You don't you can kind of peek up at the overworld screen so to speak without actually going there so you won't you're invincible so you can kind of plan it and see because you always want to check because you could you could hop out and there could be an enemy headed right your way and you could get hit as soon as you pop out so it's always best to be safe yeah and then that is a mechanic i did not rely on enough in the beginning of the game no me either it was definitely later on yeah the fact that you are perfectly safe when you pop your head out makes it a wonderful like way to you know get a lay of the land see what's going on Definitely. And this level is a a four by four grid, basically, of screens. So you got a 16 screen level. It's the smallest one. They're only going to get bigger. And you do have some weird enemies here. They're a first of many. So yeah, these enemies, the first ones we will see in the game are, you'll see dinos, which is a goofy kind of Mm T-Rex. And these weird guys named Moro, which look like they could be problematic, a kind of squat dark like black guy i don't know some of the the mouth looks a little possibly racist i don't know but uh they don't really do anything they just walk around so yeah you just avoid them and hit them with cabbages now i've seen on the internet uh where if you wanted to keep drawing the mario comparison these are like yoshi okay and perhaps the um creatures that spit up the balls spike balls yeah okay okay Yeah, yeah i can see that just throwing that out there but yeah, all the enemies you encounter in this uh, first level are pretty tame. They don't really come at you. They don't do anything too yeah. hard. It's just the difference in speed of movement. In fact, for the first like five or six rooms, you don't even have to break the gate. Like they, You can just walk out of the room once you get there. Eventually, though, you do see those darn stone pillars. And this level is full of signs, which all take draw hints and tips and such from, your, from Grandpa Mole. Mm-hmm. He looks like, uh, who's the Dragon Ball Z guy? Oh, uh, Ro- Roshi. Master Roshi. Right? Yeah, he's like Master Roshi for the moles. I can't believe I remember that. I'm not a Dragon Ball fan, so. <laughs> Congratulations. I watched the entire first run on Toonami. Adults or... Toonami uh, tangentially as my roommate in college had it on every single night. So Sure. But eventually you'll make your way to the boss of this first stage. Yes, this is the Kangaroon. The Kangaroon. It's a large and... kangaroo. Yes, it is. <laughs> And I do like that before you get there, Jinbei like taunts you and then tells you you're going to be destroyed by his minion. Yeah. And it's usually there's like a sign where he'll be like, I got tired of waiting. So I left my 
enemy, my kangaroon or whatever to take care of you. And in this screen or in this boss screen, it's like a little island yes. in the middle of some some water. There's two holes, which apparently if you go down there, there's some hearts if you get hurt. I didn't know that. <laughs> I did because I did get hurt because I was like, OK, what do I do here? So, the, yeah, and the kangaroo is a, a large kangaroo that jumps around this little island and there are two tacks. It, so. it, it shoots something or throws something at you, doesn't it? Slap oh, something at you maybe. with its tail. I, I just know that this boss made me feel awful because, you know, you wait for it to do a big jump and drag one of these tacks underneath it. So when it lands and it just looks so painful, I feel so bad for this kangaroo. But yeah, and, and that's really it. You just have to hit it three times, I think. Yeah, or maybe even two. Maybe. Yeah, it's it doesn't take long. And if you're really good, like people I watched on YouTube, you can like after the first hit, you can just bounce it onto the other tack. Like you can kill it in seconds if you're yeah. if you're handy. And then whenever you kill a boss, a giant cabbage falls from the sky. Yes. And then emerging from it is one of your children. And in the first cut scene, your child runs into your weeping as the child runs into your arms. You grab it. And throw it into the air a few times, spin around with it, throw it into the air one more time, and it lands on your head and knocks you out. Wah, wah. Then you are given a screen that shows you how much of the map you uncovered, all this stuff, and adds up your bonus points to give you the total number of points you get for the level. Yeah. Then you're on to level two. Yes, level two is a beach. Yes, the beach level. Of course, lots of, uh, you have water that you'll see around being on the beach, but there's lots of like tufts of grass, more trees, there's some flowers and stuff. You'll start seeing some spikes here. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the first one. I don't know, maybe level one has it, but I, you know, this is the first one I specifically made a note because I passed it up because it starts introducing the underground exits from the screen. So keep an eye out for those whenever you dip under there. And then there's also another enemy here that's like the weird little alligator man. Well, there's uh, there's when, Gaja. That the, when they're walking sideways, they look like a bodybuilder. But then they turn towards you. I think uh, they look like an alligator. Yes, those are. It's Asan or Asan, A-S-O-N. I don't know. Uh, okay. But they actually have a pattern to their movement where they walk along one side of a wall. So they'll yes. like turn and follow them. It's just like one little, each new enemy you encounter, you know, it's AI is bumped up by one, basically. A little bit, yeah. There's the fishies, which are... A fish that swims in the air. Oh, of course. Pretty cheap, cheapy. And a weird enemy called Gaja. Gaja. Gaha. I don't know. G-A-J-A. And the manual describes it as a walking, looks like a walking potato. So there you go. I'm sure that has some sort of, in the Japanese version, has yeah, some sort of thing that makes a lot more sense. It's an evil potato that stops you. Um, this level is larger. It is a three by six so we're up to 18 rooms. But I don't think there's any new mechanics added to this level. Not really, other than, you know, now there's spikes, so you have to, can't cross them, but the ball can, so yeah, throwing them around. Now, one thing I did forget to mention in the general chat portion of our show, I mm -hmm. think it's the only way I can mention it, is if I use the word portion, <laughs> is that the way they get you, or at least by you, I mean me, in a lot of these rooms, when I couldn't solve a puzzle, it would be because they would give me like five things to move around. Yeah. But you only needed to move three of them. That is true. The the extra, <laughs> That's, extra uh, stuff can. That doesn't me. really happen until like the next level or two. But man, that got me a lot. I, I guess I'll, I'll point that out better when we get to it. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that stuff as well. Now, the boss of this level is the sun you mentioned earlier. Yeah, Sundus. Sundus. And 
the way this works is at some point it will gather its strength and it will emit a huge burst of light frying everything on the screen mm-hmm. unless you are underground once it's done that it is weakened for a moment and can't move yes and th- here's where it gets a little confusing because you think oh i just have to hit it no 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 you have to hit it into the water yeah so you got to hit it like tw- you only have a small window of time before it takes off again so you gotta hit it twice kind of quick i think oh yeah i fought this boss for a good five minutes before i went and looked up the solution on the internet and felt like a moron i want to say that this boss you know it's a sun with a face on it and it is a weird creepy face it looks like something it looks like a facial expression from ren and stimpy or something like yeah that. it's almost like the meme guy face yeah it's yes it's it's very strange and i love it it is wonderful looking character uh sadly you do destroy it with a couple, I think two times you're knocking it into the water. Mm-hmm. You rescue your second child, who you also grab and swing around. You actually throw him off the screen. He flies around the world <laughs> and then hits you from behind, knocking you over. Where's that strength when we're out adventuring? I don't know. And then you move to level three, which is another forest kind of. It's it's like a tropical of... forest, I'm guessing, is there. Yeah. Because there's there's more you see more water and stuff, but lots of trees and bushes as well. Yeah. And the new mechanic here is there are these uh, spike balls that move back and forth. Your classic back and forth spike balls and these large weights that you can use to push or pull. And they will block the spike balls or block an enemy into a spot. Yeah, but they can't be thrown, right? No, they can't be thrown or flipped. You know, you got to learn how to use those. That's the, the new mechanic of this level. Uh, there's rabbits now. That's right. Rabbits, spikies. Do, what do the rabbits do? Do they do anything different? I they just walk around, right? Like, yeah, I, don't, I was going to say, I think they're just another enemy. I will say this level is a six by four screen. So now we're up to 24, still expanding. Yes. And eventually you will find your way to the boss of the level. Funton. 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 Yes. And Funton, Funton is a giant weight. Yeah, he's, a 100 ton weight. Yes, he's massive and he slides around and he'll do a jump attack. And the trick is to dig a hole for him to like land into. And that gives you a chance to hit him with the black ball. Correct. And each time he jumps in the air, he you can see a, a, a few areas he may land in. Yeah, you get like a triple shadow or, or two. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. It is. But, but just, you got to be quick. Yeah. That's the key on this one. Indeed. Well, the, the key is to be quick, but also for this one and the star guy was or sun man is to try to place your balls in an area where you'll be able to easily access them and shoot them in different directions. Yeah. You want to keep them close by so you can quickly you can take advantage of every second you've got. Exactly. You save your third child. And this time, as the kid runs to you, the kid knocks you over and into Whoa. your own mole home hole your own mole hole it could be your home and either way you're stuck in it it's hilarious gather your points and move on to level four and now you're in the industrial zone this is very uh world seven from super mario three like this is the pipe world kind of you've got it's the home of the mad wrencher (laughs) yeah the mad wrencher is not to be messed with and is this the first level with the barrels yes it is and the barrels act just as the ball does or the cabbages, you can push, pull, throw, flip them. Mm-hmm. But once they encounter a hole, they fall into the hole and stop it up. Yeah. Which is very useful. Oh, yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum, they also block that path from underneath. Yes. Which is the double-edged sword of these barrels. 
And there are quite frequently that's that's the puzzle where you're like, okay, I, I got to get this barrel in the right place, you know, and if you, you screw it up, you got to start over. And they often will give you more barrels than you need to solve the puzzle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that would drive me nuts. There's <laughs> this level also has the elbow pipes. Yeah, those are new also. So they're up. And the elbow pipes, you can also drag and push. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't you flip them or throw them. Right. But what happens is when a when you throw your ball into the elbow pipe, it will change its direction and it will continue going on that path. Yeah. So, you know, you set it up. It's not too complicated here, but it will be one day. It will be for sure. This level also has a bunch of those weird. They, they look like they're like a three dimensional triangle kind of, you know, it's not a pyramid. It's like a. No, it looks like a, a chunk out of uh, Marble Madness. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was a neat background feature. This is another bigger level, five by six. Yeah, and the puzzles are really starting to, really ratcheting it up the difficulty here. Yeah, because this is where it's really, even if you figure out what you got to do, then it's like, well, what order do I have to do these steps in to make it actually work? Mm -hmm. And if you're me, a lot of times you'll hit the wrong button and <laughs> dig a hole where you didn't mean to. And have to start the whole process over again. It the has like 12 process? steps. That was my biggest frustration with some of these levels was just my own stupid fingers. Sure. Or or like making the same mistake over and over where you're like, all right, I just got to do it in the right order. And then I do it in the same order I did, which was wrong. Right. Yeah. Always a blast. <laughs> so you do get to the end of this stage and you fight the Mad Wrencher. And it is a cool boss fight because the Mad Wrencher is in a different area than you. Yeah, this feels very much like an Game & Watch kind of... I could see that, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, he's down throwing wrenches, and you're kind of... You have to guide these pipes, or these elbow pipes, to redirect the wrench to hit himself, basically. Yeah, and then every once in a while, uh, he'll throw out a big old bomb that will blow up and hurt anything above ground. Not cool. Now, you can also get hit by his wrenches if you get in their way, but if you're smart, uh, this is probably the easiest boss... I thought so far. Yeah, and if worse comes to worse, you can. There is a good patch of of good old grass that you can dive underground and hide. Yes, and then you get to what could be my favorite uh, child rescue. Mm -hmm. You have your arms open, waiting for your child to come to you, but your child is too cool for school <laughs> and just slowly walks right on by. Doesn't care. Ouch! Burn. Sick burn, yo. And then we move on to level five. Level five is a snowy forest. Yeah. And it's Get ready the, for some ice. Yes, and the introduction of the arrows. The arrows, yes. And as you can imagine, the arrows only let you pass through them one way. But also when you press your ball into the arrow, it shoots it off in that direction. Yeah, so kind of like the elbow pipes, you're changing your the direction of the ball with these. And it's all about getting pointed in the right direction, really. Yep, and it also introduces the new enemy, the hedgehogs. Yes, which are clearly a, a hedgehog, right? But the manual, or they look spiky. Yes. The manual calls them small mouse. Oh. I don't know why, but it definitely looks like a hedgehog. But these are truly evil because they, they're quick and they run around, and unlike any other enemy, they can jump down the holes and get underground and get you there. Yeah. I, I always are like, uh, first, first order of business, destroy them. They must be gone. We do have a penguin-type character here named Emperor... And Snakeface, who's a snake-headed person that is pretty funny looking. Yeah. Now, uh, is this level large, the same size as the one before it? No, sir. It is a six by six. Oh, even bigger. 
It just felt like it was a quicker one to me for some reason. Yeah, uh, I thought, you know, the arrows were a little more self-evident of how to use them. I th- I don't know. It, it didn't trick me as much as the elbow pipe ones because you can't move them, so you don't have to worry about that, you know. You do have a lot of weights to push around in certain screens. You know, I don't know. You'll see barrels, all that good stuff. It's all here in level five. And at the end of level five is Big Mama. Not her house, but her family. Big Mama. That's right, which is apparently the mother of the small mouse slash hedgehogs. Which is weird because I thought she was a bird at first. (laughs) Big Mama's weird because, you know, she'll move around underground and you can hop down to look at her. But you have to, you know, there's small mice going crazy as well. But when she pops up out of one of the holes, you want to hit her then. Yes. And a few hits will take her out. You'll get your giant cabbage. You'll get your kid returning to you. Your kid will run for you, then do a baseball slide right into your junk. Oh, that's hilarious, man. Send that in to Mole Mania's Funniest Videos. Poor Monty Mole. I'm sorry, poor Muddy Mole. (laughs) They animate him grabbing his crotch in pain and doubling over. No more children for him, am I right, guys? (laughs) Oh, well, the pain doesn't last too long because he does move quickly on to level six. That's right. We're back to the beach. Yes, another island level. Lots of little islands, too. Uh, This map is six by seven, so it's getting up there. Lots of Sammy brothers here. Yeah, and this is a yeah, and this is another, you know, it doesn't really introduce any new concepts here as much as it is just combining the previous ones. You'll see arrows, barrels, bumpers. It's all waiting for you. It's no longer just the new thing. It's all of the old things combined in devious new ways. And we're, we're really seeing certain puzzles that are more timing based and such. So you kind of got to got to use all your skills. Yeah. And I think this is probably the apex of the difficulty for the game. Yeah. Because like I said, it's everything put together in one with mm-hmm. those timing problems. But uh, how big is this one? It's a six by seven, bro. All right. Well, That's you fight your way through every rooms. square of it. <laughs> and you get to the boss, the Sammy brothers. You'll fight the Sammy brothers. Which this this boss really took me long the longest I think of all the bosses because I was like what am I doing <laughs> Oh yeah I was just running around for a minute like okay I can see there's these balls this one guy's dr- flying around like a top on my side of the screen Yeah and there's a guy at the other side also with his own ball but Yeah they're it, chained together It's very weird <laughs> and then you pull the one you can get a hold of and you have to pull it out there are two arrows and so you have to like keep pulling it till it gets to one. And that arrow will shoot it far enough to where it'll kind of recoil. It'll pull the other the guy on the other end of the chain, and then it'll recoil and hurt him. Yes. Which, you once this. you figure it out, it's actually one of the easier bosses. But Exactly. Kind of abstract at first. Uh, once you've done that, you've rescued your other child. You wait on the beach for him to run into your arms, but he also runs past you. And the rest of your children run away as well, which you realize is because a giant ball is coming forward. And uh, it runs <laughs> over you and flattens you. That's rough. It is. Luckily, one of your children does come check on you after you've been flattened. Oh, at least you got one good one, right? Right. That's what I always say. (laughs) You move on to level seven, yet another snow level. That's right. And it's a big one. It is a seven by seven map. So you're looking at 49 rooms. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this uh, off pod, as they say in the podcasting universe. Mm-hmm. I feel like these last two levels were a little easier because they rely a whole lot more on timing than they do on puzzle solving. Yeah, I, I like them better in a lot of ways. You, and you're not getting new concepts you have to wrap your mind around here. So you already know how to 
respond to things. It definitely was faster room by room, but there's so many that yes, it's easy to get bogged down. Yeah, it just as as the individual puzzles go, I was able to burn through them a lot quicker because they are more skill based, not as mm. much uh, brain based. Yeah, like you said, there's no new concepts. It's just a remix of the all the existing ones. And this level, which I think the previous one is or two as well, like these levels keep getting bigger and there's at least two places to refill your life here at Grandpa Mole. And then partway through this level, doesn't it stop being snow? snow? Yeah, well, it's like half snow. And then it seems like the western chunk of the map is not snowy. So I don't know. But eventually you will make it to the boss. And what a boss it is. It's a giant snowman. Oh, snap. Frosty is back. Maybe the easiest boss, I thought, because <laughs> there's nothing to it, really. It's just hitting him, and he splits. Yeah. Like, twice. Eventually, you'll have four little snowmen, but simple stuff. Yeah, especially if you're on the ball, like, you can hit him almost as quickly as they mm-hmm. reform. I agree. Well, there's the, the key is there's there wasn't that, like, two minutes of me running around trying to figure out yeah, yeah. What, what the problem was. I was almost suspicious, where I was like, all right, there's got to be some trick. What's he going to do? I was like, no, just jumping around. And uh, you rescue your next child. He brings along a wagon with him. All the other children jump in the wagon with him, and you realize that you are far too weak to pull your own children in a wagon. Oh. What a disappointing father. (laughs) And you move on to level eight, the final level. Maybe my favorite level. I was so happy to discover this. Same here. I was like, oh, God, here we go. This is going to be like a 20 by 20 grid. (laughs) But nope, it's just a boss rush. And once you know how to beat these bosses, man, you can just burn through them. Yeah, pretty simple. One thing I do like is that you can't access level eight at all until you've defeated the other seven levels. And it's all your children coming together to push a ball to clear the path to that level eight. Yeah. One of the many just cute little touches in this game that's just a, a joy. Yeah, it's it's fun. And once you have beaten all of the bosses you have previously encountered, well, there's one more one more to encounter. The main man himself, Jinbei. That's right. Finally, you can show down with this jerky farmer. Well, I just discovered something that maybe no one else... All, all the rooms here, like this this level is eight rooms with a boss, right? Mm-hmm. And all of them have like a little antechamber. And most of those, if you dig down, there will be hearts to fill up your life. Yeah, refill before you get to the next one. I had no idea. Oh, well. Shame on me. Shame on you indeed. Mm. But for a final boss, I got to say Jinbei was a little disappointing. Not very hard. It's really just there are these four stone gate pillar doors in each corner, and you have to destroy those. Uh, He chases you around and throws his hoe at you. Sometimes it splits into three, and you can stun him with the ball. Uh, Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's not. No, yeah, there's not not much much to it. it. Yes, yes. Uh, Once you defeated him, the final cabbage falls. Your lovely wife pops out. She rushes to you. You embrace. Good news. Together, you have the strength to push the cart full of children. Yay. And then you get some nice credits. Yeah, you and your wife and family kind of stroll back through the levels. And and I think know. these credits are actual names, which is nice. Yes. Uh, artists and engineers deserve to be credited. And then at the very end, you get to see the entire family hanging out in their original old little field. Uh, I think dad's enjoying a cup of coffee. Yay. It says the end actually just says end presented by Nintendo. And that's it.
Well, here we are in the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. I gave this game a 4.0. Okay, I went with 3.5. I mean, the biggest thing I have against this game in the Department of Graphics and Sound is there isn't a wide breadth of it. There's not a ton of characters, not a ton of background pieces, but I genuinely like every single thing I see on the screen. There's good sprites, uh, especially, you know, everything's pretty well animated, but muddy especially. Oh, for sure. The popping in and out of the ground is just excellent. And the music's good. Not great, but good. There's a couple couple songs that I, I genuinely liked especially i think the first level first or second level had a good one but maybe that's just oh. because it wasn't 49 rooms worth of it correct next up is play control i also i gave this game a 3.0 same here i thought it was really good it's kind of amazing what you can do with those two buttons mm-hmm. but i still even towards the end of the game would screw up and forget my buttons a little bit and that yeah. flip mechanic can be a bit awkward it is strange but i thought it did have a kind of logical moveset like when it would be like look you can like you said flip them over the holes i was like oh okay that makes sense in this weird way i did think your your movement and stuff is a little stiff that didn't really matter unless you're in the bonus stages or bosses right like when you feel like turning and trying to throw the the big black ball it doesn't uh i don't know it's a little stiffer you got to be aware of it beforehand for sure for sure Next up is Challenge Factor. I went with a 2.5. I went with a 3.0, uh, just because some of the, the puzzles can be pretty challenging oh, individually. There, yes, there are definitely quite a few hard ones in here. And if you weren't going to cheat, I think you could really find yourself kind of stuck at some of them. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can, you know, it saves constantly. You can leave and come back. That there's, does make it pretty easy. There's no lives, you know. There's like no death penalty, really. No, and if you just beat your head against the wall long enough, I'm sure you'd figure them all out. <laughs> Finally, we have theme and fun. I went with a 4.0. Same. Uh, you know, the simplest way to describe this is this is a very charming puzzle game that is just enjoyable to play. Yeah, it's. I like the, the digging mechanic as an interesting enough premise that I enjoyed using. I, I would like to see more overhead games use a digging something. I don't know. I like I said yeah. before, it, it really it made me think if this was just a little more Zelda and a little less Lolo, it could be super awesome. Yeah, I agree. It is a blast. And it's just fun that, you know, they actually give this a fleshed out world that you're encountering all the enemies through. And yeah. each stage is a unique place. Yeah. As you go through these contiguous areas, it, it adds a lot, honestly, at least for me. Same. So I'll ask, as I always do, Nick, should you play this game? I say Yes. For sure. If you like any type of puzzle game, this is definitely one to add to your list or collection. Play it any way you can. It is a wonderful little game to, you know, if I had this in my back pocket, it'd be a wonderful game to play while I was waiting for an appointment or, you know, practice to get out sure, or whatever. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those where you can play a little bit, come pick it up and leave it. It's That's the way to do it. Don't try to blast through it because I think that is, that'll bring out some of its flaws, I think, too much. I don't think it's meant for that, you know? Oh, definitely not. But it's definitely worth checking out. Next week's game will be Ninja Gaiden, the original, 
Woo! For the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game any way you can and play along, friends. That is right. And I have a question for Eric and our listeners that I forgot to bring up earlier. So this mole, Muddy Mole, has little round sunglasses, kind of John Lennon style, and a scarf. Mm. Is that a parody of like a programmer or something? Like it just seems so specific and somewhat familiar. Does anyone know why does Muddy Mole dance, dress the way he does? Let well, me know. I'm I'm going to say that those are the classic. I am a blind person sunglasses from okay, like the yeah. 50s below. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is the sunglass part. I I could see it. Scarf. I don't know. Maybe it's just a case of. Uh, yogi bear syndrome yeah or they don't want (laughs) to who knows Uh, do you if you do let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com we'll get to the bottom of this muddy mole mystery or you can let us know at cart command on the twitterverse or cartridge command on facebook where if you get in touch with us we'll probably respond and uh you know we do love hearing from people on both those platforms so say hi thanks and we do go out of our way at the end of each show to thank those awesome, wonderful, kind, amazing folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their financial support that makes this little show possible. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. And Nick and I are just a couple of working class guys. We are not uh, podcasters by profession <laughs> or professionals really by any means in uh, anything we do. I'm uh, Yes, you could call but, us average schmucks schmoes. I think schmoes probably the most Schmo. fitting. Yeah, schmucks sounds mean. It does. And, uh, you know, we do this because we love old games and we love podcasts. So we thought, hey, we should do our own. And Mm. luckily, there are enough of you out there that think we should keep doing this. And you give us a few bucks every month. And thank you so much. If you don't give, consider doing so. Your support means everything. Even a dollar helps us out because you guys pay for our hosting fees, any equipment we need to buy, all that kind of stuff. So thank you all so very, very much. Yeah. And As always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Oh, sure, yeah. Duh. I got nothing else here. Uh, Yep, me too. Good, because that was a great place to end it. (laughs) 